Today's show is brought to you by FreshBooks.com. Get a 30-day free trial at www.gofreshbooks.com backslash gang. The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Jack Newman. I'm Ben Howard. I'm Peter Dancy. And I'm Trevor Flynn. And welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. How are you guys doing this week? Doing good. So sleepy. I'm curious so sleepy. whether now or at the end of the show I should do my five second version of Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, let's let's not let's not do it because we want to re- get the reveals in. So I, it was a five second version. I'll do like a five second version of like Blade Runner the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it at the end. We'll do it at the end. That's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, all right. There's no spoilers in it. That's all I'm saying. It's just okay. A, <laughs> Before uh, so, uh, it's more uh, of a I'm, thematic impression, really. Um, I'm gonna guess half of it is burner, 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 burner. You've got it. You've got it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You've got the core of it. Also, yeah. I, uh, I, I've sealed this envelope, as you'll see, and I'm doing a Johnny Carson style. I guessed everybody's score on this one because oh, oh, <laughs> oh my god. So we'll see. I, I'm, I, I bet you. I bet you. I, I, I like. I know you. You probably could bet. If anyone, Ben, you could probably guess me the best. I'm very curious. I'm on curious this too. One. I might be wrong, but we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, I, like, I, I think I got Trevor down, but like, I, I want to see on Peter and them and everyone. All right, yeah, but anyways, if you guys know. haven't guessed, we're gonna be doing uh, Blade Runner 2049, the newest, uh, the sequel to Blade Runner. Those are words I never thought I'd fucking say. Um, yeah. Starring Ryan Gosling and uh, Harrison Ford, Officer K, Ryan Gosling, a new Blade Runner for the Los Angeles oh, Police Office. Uh, I'm doing the summary. Oh. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. When you're right, you're right, Ben. We're, hey. First up this week, we're going to talk about Pacific Rim Uprising, the literal <laughs> opposite of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's it not going to be a three-hour heady experiment on <laughs> yeah. humanity's place in the world. It's going to be, a, it's actually a sequel as well to Pacific Rim, and it looks to be a less uh, a less thoughtful Pacific Rim. It looks to be more about, like, giant monsters fighting, beating the shit out of each other. And there's an evil giant robot this time, and there's bigger monsters, and, and there seems to be way more CG, and everyone fights as a team. And, you know, it's much more, uh, like, a kind of, like, upbeat monster mash movie. And I I don't know, guys. I'm kind of into it. Like, like I know I was going to say, was the be, first I mean, Pacific Rim. It's not going to be as good as the first one, but it's I'm I'm into it. Was the first Pacific Rim that thoughtful? I mean, I don't, you know. It, w- it attempted to be so. I don't think it, it was successful. It, 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 had, it, thought- yeah. it had, like, thoughtful bits. Yeah, that was the it's weird thing moments. about, or interesting thing, was, like, they, they, they took it very seriously. Like, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the robots moved very slow because in real life, like, they're very, you know, they're so heavy. They couldn't, a punch yeah. would go like this instead of, like, really fast. And, like, uh, you know, two people had to sink in mines and, like, it caused these traumatic problems uh, if you weren't perfectly, and there's whole subplots about that, you know. I mean, um, this is the thing that people forget about anime. Like, you needed you needed Gundam to make Neon Genesis Evangelion work. You can't start at Neon Genesis Evangelion. <laughs> right, you was, need I to was, have no. Gundam first. Jeez, no. <laughs> and I was curious about this for, from you guys as anime fans, because this feels to me like what I remember Gundam as, where it's just like... Well, and that's the thing is I'll say is that like like the most recent Gundam, Iron Blooded Orphans, is such like a war tale. Like literally the Gundam pilots are all specifically orphans now. I actually <laughs> that have been experimented know what you're on. Talking about. Oh my god. Yeah. I I've seen a few <laughs> episodes of that. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not bad. It's actually pretty good, and it get, but it's like it is so fucking heavy and intense, and like and like. And sometimes I would just be watching it, and I'd be like, "Can they just monster robot beat the shit out of each other? Because that would be pretty cool." Like, and, <laughs> and that's what this is, and and I and I'm excited about it, and I, and that's just a trend since like kind of all all the good like mecha genre and is going that way, and it's and I think that like you know clearly. Like uh, Del Toro is a fan of that as well, and trying to go there as well. And this is just like this is this is one of those moments when it's like good that like the mindless studios have taken over, <laughs> and, like kind of deliver something that's un- that's that's actually original by accident. <laughs> like is all I'm gonna say, because <laughs> like clearly this is mindless, but this is and this is just like toy fodder. And I'm but I'm like I'm kind of I'm ready for it. You know, uh, like I'm I, with I'm you. Ready. I'm like I'll I'll see it. I, <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> 
<laughs> this is this is it's exactly like Blade Runner. It's gonna be accidentally good. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, shots I, I, fired! I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to. I'm ready to go into a movie theater and in com- as a, as a complete opposite to Transformers: The Last Night. I'm ready to watch. I'm ready to have fun watching robots beat up some monsters. Yeah, and the the designs. I mean, I, it looks much more heavily CG. Clearly, they have a smaller budget, but oh yeah. But they they gonna stretch that budget <laughs> as far as it can take. Them. Yeah. Uh, I haven't heard Ben. What do you think of this? I feel I felt like you'd be the negative voice on this one. I yeah I don't know. I mean like part of me feels like I always feel bad when someone has like a very clear vision of a an original film, and then the the sequel is just like yeah you know like <laughs> Alien. Even though I like Alien Three, Alien Three is a great example of this where like. Very clearly, James Cameron loved, you know, Hicks, and he loved Newt. And what happens at the beginning of Alien 3? Oh, those people are dead. They're all just dead. Don't worry about it. You know, like, uh, and this sort of is similar. It's like, very clearly, he built a very specific world and had these very specific ideas of how it works. And everyone's like, but can't it just be more fun? <laughs> you know, can't it just be about punchy stuff? Um, <laughs> yeah. That being said, I kind of wanted that from the first Pacific Rim anyways. There was just a little bit too much self-seriousness at times for me. Yeah. Um, that said, I, I don't think, think it looks as good, and that's part of the problem. Is if it looks so cartoony to me, then I I don't know if I can even care. Yeah. I know I, I and, and it's hard for me to tell at this point. One of the, and the other things too is that like my issue with the first Pacific Rim is that when it it never goes dark enough for me to like enjoy the stakes yeah, of it like middle it, ground yeah yeah and that, that would be my take and my whole point is like you need to go one way or the other and the fact like i feel like i still want like the live action yeah genesis evangelion but it needed to go like super fucked up if it was gonna go there i know peter's mm-hmm. peter's eyes got big as marbles he's like he's like no thank <laughs> because you because i am <laughs> very familiar with with evangelion and i don't need live action evangelion ever in my no life one. i don't need that kind of i don't need that kind of world realized. those are those are real people that would be suffering through something like that i mean they'd be real They're actors never. but they they'd be real I mean, souls I, it would I, be I, I'm experience. Lie. Never I'm lie. it would never get made but in my heart of hearts they're like I want like a requiem for a dream level live action no. Genesis Evangelion. No. Yeah. no one needs that. You yeah. sadistic. This is fine. I, I know. It's just like people the- need that, and that's why it'll never get made because it would cost oh, no, no, three hundred no, no, million dollars. No, no, no. It would not do well. Like I literally have every like every faith, and it would not do fucking well at no. all. Of course it wouldn't. Like, I have no. Like I don't blame anyone for not making that movie, but it would still be cool to watch. I'm just saying. Uh, maybe, <laughs> and you would only watch like, it once. <laughs> no, I would watch it for. Like, I would watch that movie for maybe like 15 minutes, and I'd be like, I'm out. I can't do this because because we would get we would get to like one part that, that you know what happened very early on, and it's just like I'm, I, I can't do this. I, I would just walk out the theater. What like jacking off onto a naked 14 year old. You know, yeah, like comatose body. Like no. I know that's there where I went there. there and then I realized Peter could have gone like to a bunch of places. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just uh, say that part. Never was just like that. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, uh, I love that. I love that. Uh, LCL. Okay. Don't. Re- let's not spoil. I don't. <laughs> I can't believe like where I like spoil movies every week, but like I'm like, anything I'm and it. everything. It's at the top of the show. People should people it's, should it, know by now. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but uh, I will say this though, you know, in your in response to you talking about like it's sad that like you know creators have their products and crapped upon. I'm gonna say like having watched Kingsman two last weekend, sometimes giving creators full <laughs> full merit is really bad. Sometimes <laughs> not the best idea. It's really. Yeah, really, yeah. really bad. Like his worst, tre- like top ten yeah. worst movies we've seen this year. Because, um, yeah. like, and that's the thing is, like, what the anal one? chick, the anal chick from the first movie gets more. All right, I don't want to talk about it. No, is is okay. All right, all right, all right. This week we're going to be talking about a much more thoughtful uh, film than Kingsman Two, uh, Blade Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Officer K, Ryan Gosling, a new Blade Runner for the Los Angeles Police Department, unearths a long buried secret that has potential to plunge what's left of society into chaos. He his discovery leads him to the quest to find Rick Deckard, Harrison 
Ford, a former Blade Runner, has been missing for 30 years. It is like that. I forgot that like the tent, like, you know, the radiation link that helps him find <laughs> Deckard is just like really tenuous. Like, um, but but I, mm. overarching, this is a two hour and 49 minute movie uh, by Denis Villeneuve. It's uh, got uh, Roger Deakin as the cinematographer. Uh, it's got the writer written by Hampton Francer and Michael Green. I don't know. Apologies to Mr. Fancher. I don't think I know how to pronounce his name correctly. You got very close to Denis Villeneuve, which I was surprised. That's Denis, well, well, no, I know Denis. I've, I've heard his name said. I just I just butcher it because uh, the other thing, too, is that, you know, people are like, Jack can do accents. No, I can't. I cannot make my wart mouth make the correct sounds. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's, not, it's not that I don't know what it's supposed to sound like. It's that I have, like, a lead tongue. It's what it is. Uh, that's I don't, I don't know what that means. Um, anyway, <laughs> so what did you guys think of this two hour and 49 minute uh, epic into the world of replicants? Oh, we should also say that this is the sequel to the original Blade Runner with Harrison Ford, uh, you know, by Ridley Scott. And it was uh, based upon the novel by Philip K. Dick, uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which is heavily adapted. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'll just say first off, I'm really glad this is a spoiler podcast. I've listened to several reviews and surprisingly, one of the main things about this movie is not spoiled in the trailers, which is kind of surprising, which is that uh, Ryan Gosling is a replicant from the beginning. It's not a big secret. It's not a shock. He's a replicant. He knows he is. He's revealed he is five minutes in. Right. Um, and so I'm so glad because we don't have to talk around a main point of the movie. Wait, that isn't they don't in the talk trailers. about that? What? Well, they, yeah, I mean, they, they actually sent out two critics specifically saying, don't spoil this. Like, they wanted people yeah. to find out in the movie. So they actually asked critics specifically, don't spoil that Ryan Gosling is a replicant, even though it's uh, very early on in the film. It's yeah. not Thank even God done for a spoiler reveal, podcast, because I don't know how to talk really. about shit. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the other thing is like it's done not even as like a reveal. It's like in, I love how like she's like I'm not paying for that, and then it's like she like glues up his face, and in the, like literally in a later scene, he's got like a little tube super glue. I mean, it's like it's obviously like futuristic, but it does look like a tube of super glue that he's using <laughs> to glue his be. face. To Some kind of job. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it like it looked like it healed, so it was like it looks like specific, but at the same time, I was like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> this um, is in I the line of. I guess just quickly say my 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 take, which is that uh, uh, every time a Denis Villeneuve film comes out, large portions, particularly the internet, go crazy. And I always really like his films, and I was really like, I want to see his masterpiece. I want to see the movie that's like, yes, one hundred percent, I'm on board. And this was so close. (laughs) I still am not there with him. Still, and I know I feel like I'm in the minority from a lot of people. But there's just a few things that kept me at bay. That said, I don't know a movie I have liked more. If that makes sense. Like, I had just, I really, really, really like this movie. But I just don't yeah. love it. Yeah. I, and I, I come about it from a different direction. Uh, if you guys will think of it as, like, uh, on our previous cast, I've said that, like, Blade Runner, when, when I was asked in, like, uh, at uh, Trinity to our, like, Dr. Keating, uh, our film mm. studies uh, professor a bajillion years ago, he's like, what's your f- two favorite c- films? I was like, Casablanca and Blade Runner. Um, and and I still think I stand by Blade Runner. Blade Runner, to me, is the ultimate film in terms of look and that's the difference between these two films blade runner to me is the ultimate film that is the anti uh authorial uh movie in terms of like it's not purposefully made it's it's very it's it just exists and it was a it was a culmination of decisions by ridley scott where he changed his mind halfway through shooting the movie about what it was about he changed his mind this and that and the studio took over and exported it and then eventually it was found in editing years later and they removed all this stuff and it was just eventually this movie that's like very confused and ends up and kind of this perfect culmination place of like kind of redefining the noir genre and i and i really do say that i don't i think it redefines noir i don't think it redefines sci-fi it did, uh, from a design standpoint, I don't think it redefined the sci-fi genre as a whole. But one of the things that's different is that, you know, where that movie is very, like, not made, it's just a culmination of, like, things that happen to bring us this life-changing experience, this movie is very, very, very made. <laughs> like, like and, and, that's, and that's, like, the difference is, like, it's very weird to, like, you know, it's very everything, like, Blade Runner is good, but it's very undeliberate. 
and the choices and things that happen in it. Like, for instance, like the most famous line, uh, you know, off the edge of Orion is totally fucking improvised by the by the actor that was doing that. And uh, oh, my sister's bringing me a drink. I fucking love you. Thank you so much. Yeah. What is this? <laughs> oh, it's a Sazerac. I'm a fine southern gentleman. How are you guys doing? I don't know where that come from. Um, Jack okay. can't do accents. Thank you so much. That's actually delicious. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. That's going to be the thing of our D&D podcast. Jack can't do accents. Um, <laughs> anyways, the... Uh, sorry. Uh, this, this is a good drink. You guys should go get yourself a Sazerac and feel like a fine southern gentleman. Noted. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's random. Uh, anyways, uh, but the point I was getting to is that you have the difference between like a very made movie, a very authorial movie with Dennis Villeneuve coming in and putting his stamp on Blade Runner. And that's versus this Ridley Scott sort of like <laughs> like, the, like the Ridley Scott mess that could is kind of what Blade Runner is. And uh, and I love that movie. And I love Blade Runner more. I don't think Blade Runner 2049 is better than Blade Runner. It's not. Uh, but it's just two entirely different things. And I think that they're different enough that I'm okay with Blade Runner 2049. And I like it. I really, I really don't think anyone could have done better in terms of take picking up where it left off. But at the same time, it is, <laughs> it is a bizarre, bizarre, bizarre film. Uh, Trevor, you're bouncing up and down. I feel like you want to come at me. Yeah, well, we have you're two, right. Uh, we have two guys who think that the original is meh. So I'm very curious <laughs> what they thought. I mean, when Jack says the film is very made, I think of like the fact that at every point in this film, I knew it was going on, and there's a relatable protagonist. Where like you have a you know you have a relationship <laughs> with that protagonist, <laughs> and you have like you know something to anchor you emotionally to the film versus just kind of living in space. Yeah, I really. All right, I, I'm gonna. I'm all gonna that come said, back to I, really, I don't. All that said, I don't think I necessarily like. I, I don't think it's a better movie, but I think I it's more watchable than the original. At least, like, uh, yeah. And I think there are a lot of people that are probably gonna like have nothing, like no great love for the first one, or not even have seen the first one. That go into this, I'm like, meh, that was a good movie, you know. Which is like the more the more tragic thing of it, because I I can see this, you know, as a sequel. It it's. I don't want to say it's better than the original, but I think it's like a better constructed movie in terms of just being, you know, something you're able to follow. But the very fact that it does that, I recognize also is so not Blade Runner, not just in terms of what Jack was talking about and the mess of the production, but in the it doesn't feel like a noir story. A noir story makes you feel right. like small and powerless, right? This one has Hollywood-sized stakes, and it's all yeah. epic. The, the fate of the world. There's literally right. a line where a character says, this breaks the world, okay? Right. <laughs> like, it's just right. so melodramatic by there's contrast. A, there's a literal subterranean underground of revolutionaries who give us uh, you know like yeah, a literal one and it's yeah. and it also like there's like a child of destiny storyline and they subvert that like thank god they subverted that i was like like if they hadn't subverted that storyline and he finds he's like he's like just a joe blade runner at the end i would have been very 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 great. upset that was nice. with that I, I i thank god for that because that did save that did save it quite a bit i was like if he's just his dad i'm gonna be like really upset yeah that's um, one of the better moves of the movie is the the twist on a twist <laughs> like, and, and i love oh. one of my favorite sci-fi things about this movie is that it suggests that his relationship to um harrison ford because of his memories makes him still like you know tangibly his father yeah right, right. i it's love like how the they don't like how they suggest here. memory is the core issue and that's and that's the difference between this one and blade runner blade runner is a great s- noir film this is a great sci-fi movie Except yes. that it is a sci-fi epic, think, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's the difference. I would say is like they're almost in different genres, and I and that they're so different that like you know I thought that like oh it's a it's a disgrace to Blade Runner's name. Not really. Like this is a very different movie, and it and it succeeds. Um, this is kind of what I wanted feels, Ghost in the Shell to be. Well, this is this yeah. is to be. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, you go, Trevor. You've been trying. To it feels something. so different. It feels as much as it's interwoven with the you know same characters and has references to the first movie, like audio and video clips of the first movie all over the place. It feels like it's just a completely different film. Here's um, my an atmosphere here's my and everything. This is to Blade Runner what Force Awakens is to Star Wars. 
Denis Villeneuve had to take something utterly impossible, which is make everybody happy. The fact that he made a movie that has like a 90 on Rotten Tomatoes and an A- minus on CinemaScore, which is like audience polling. They gave Mother an F, for God's sakes. Like, they hate any movie that involves like allegory and intensity. Don't get me wrong. I, I didn't love Mother that much either. But like... Um, you know, it's, yeah, it, it no, it's not. It's a miracle. It is not a a cinema score. Is not a Blade Runner friendly place. You know? <laughs> um, and the fact that he made stuff that appeased to both people, even though it's not doing very well box office wise, the fact that he still made something that appeased to both is what's telling to me. I think he took Blade Runner. He took the themes, but like Trevor said, he made it a little more coherent. He had a major character. <laughs> he focused on things that everyone can relate to, like fathers and memory and i do want to stress that he made identity. it a little more coherent a little more coherent i think that coherency is the neg is kind of one of the negative things about this movie in terms of expectations for it it's not that it's not that blade runner is incoherent blade runner is like purposefully like i, I think that's the thing is like from a, like Dream-like. from my, pers- Look, from my mm-hmm. perspective the purposeful ambiguity of blade runner is the best part of blade runner like i know it's unintentional it's not authorial but at the same time kind of the universe in like this oppressive sense that it creates not knowing what's going on it has and it's not Lovecraftian in nature but it is like it is that like small man in a small world you can only do your best and you're not supposed to and the point is that Harrison Ford doesn't know what's going on everyone doesn't know what's going on things are just happening and there's nothing yeah it's it's knowing that there's this whole thing no no let me finish like there's there's the whole thing is just like no I'm sorry I don't mean to cut you off but like the point is is that like it, it does something that no film of this type would ever do and that's the greatness of Blade Runner is that it goes to a postmodernistic place and that's my interpretation of it it wasn't intentional it just happened yeah yeah it's like fragmented and postmodern and it's cyberpunk in the rain <laughs> <laughs> right no yeah and that's the thing is that moments in it don't make total sense like like and that's the difference is that like the horse like which is just you know which is sort of like and i don't know why you'd have it like echoing like the like the unicorn thing from the first one but like it makes total sense and that's just the thing is like if you compare the two they're doing two opposite things and yeah. And in that way, it's just Denis Villeneuve made an entire break from the first movie and didn't even attempt to do it. I agree with you entirely, Ben. Like, who the fuck was ever going to make a Blade Runner sequel that, like, you, you'd have to, like, I don't know, like, you just have to, like, it, it, it's just, like, one of those things that happened in that moment that can never happen again. You'd I have mean, to so, trick so yourself into making it. <laughs> right. I don't even think you could. Denis Villeneuve, I want him to make, I feel bad that he's, like, a director who can do whatever he wants right now. He's beloved in Hollywood. And, like, but I also want him to make Dune and Bond because I want him to like fix franchises that are very hard to crack. You know, like Dune is a very hard to crack book, and you need a guy like him who can balance that. That being said, do I think that the Dune movie is probably going to sacrifice a few things to get a mass audience appeal? Absolutely, absolutely, I do. But I think he's going to do a good enough job, and I think what works the best here is the details. It, it much, Blade Runner is a movie about details, and this simile is a film about details. It has probably like one of the best subplots of any movie of the year, even though it's not what the movie is about, which is joy. Like this fantastic romantic story oh, of yeah. a replicant who's in love with a essentially sex servant robot who's discovering her own emotional core identity. And it's like, took, it's- it is two machines that are going through the motions of love and don't know what love is. And it's really really good and creepy and interesting and weird yeah so like there's this like i don't know black mirror subplot in the middle are you gonna say something peter no i was just i was just gonna say i was just gonna say he, he took he took an aspect of the, of the movie her but like but 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 like the computer like the computer robot doesn't fall in love with someone else she stays with him yeah yes. I, I, i'm sorry no, that no. sex scene may be my favorite sex scene in a movie it's like, it was that so was good so, like Unexpected. That was like some deep, unexpected intimacy that I was not expecting from this film. Yeah, just no, from just like a, a truly magical cinematic moment, which I there, yeah. there's just not a lot of, and it's it's incredible. Yeah, 
and mm-hmm. and like the visual, just the visual stylist. And that's the thing is like I think that I, I I agree with you, Ben. I think that there's a lot of interesting things to peel apart here. Like we can come back to at the end, we'll come back to kind of our overall feel about Blade Runner. Let's dig into some of the details here because I think that's the thing is like I like exactly like that. The subplot love story between the AI and and the replicant is one of the is the best thing about this movie in my book. And that's the thing is there's some other great moments in there like Robin Wright forcibly pulling a good character out of her expository character <laughs> like, right like, like yeah. and i feel like that's that's, that's like true. that's not a great character it is expository and she like pulls a character out of it and i was just like that's just a good actress you know yeah and, and this movie's full of great things like that or like love being like this just this terrifying rachel-esque terminator or like any of the things there's so much good design choices in there that i that i that i particularly love one of the things that really disappointed me though and i hate to say this is uh deacon um who i love what? Are you crazy? i i i think it's i think it's good i think it's very 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 good but i guess like the big thing for me and this is just not fair is because like blade runner for me changed my mind about what cinematography was and was like a mm-hmm. shift in the nature of cinematography there's no flying lattice work shot and that's the thing is maybe it's more it's just like you know they do that with digital now and that's cool but it just doesn't it's not breathtaking to me do you know what i mean I, it's, it's the interiors it's, it's the lighting porn it's the production design mixed with the cinematography oh and and those like, like those like waving everything like, in Jared water Leto's offices spooky yeah his yeah. spooky water offices oh my god i want to like just yeah. jerk off no. all that video <laughs> no, 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 it's, like, it, it, oh it's amazing it, it's no and it's like cinema like i agree with you They're like half of this movie they, is like cinematography porn i absolutely and production love it design porn when they come in they like this is like the most perfect Blade Runner thing I've ever seen in my life. It comes into a room. It's a fucking pyramid inside of a square, which is already madness. There's a tiny little sliver of orange light and a person who's totally pale. So all the orange is just bouncing off of him like crazy. And I was like, ah! Like, <laughs> oh, are, 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 ta- are, are, ta- are you talking about the scene when he was trying when he was trying to play get a, get a read on the hair? Yes, it was the hair and the, the weird okay. yeah. pale okay. dude. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I just wanted to like place like place in the movie where you yeah. were. Yeah, and this giant corporation where only three people work. <laughs> exactly, yeah. massive building. That, that and is you've so only ever seen Four people, yeah. and it's like su- and, and like the design of every single room that you walk into is so minimal that it's like that, that it's like all you're gonna find in all you're gonna find in, in each room is a small desk and two chairs, and that's all you're gonna get in this massive building. I love it. I, I, I love I, I'm not disagreeing with you, Ben. Like, I think it's well designed. It's well production designed. But like, I, I and this is like not fair. Whereas my thing of the love of the first one is that Blade Runner changed cinema. And that's like where I think for my things is like the ways that it changed cinema is like why it gets its almost Citizen Kane level pass in some of like the miniature design. That's true. That's true. I guess Deacon's done miniatures, and I just I wanted some in there, man. I wanted something, you know. And and I don't disagree with you. It's gorgeous. There's nothing. That's the thing. This is not a criticism. But... Let me let me put it in context. This is not a criticism. This is yeah. like this is an impossible thing for him to do. And I agree. I liked it. I'm sad that there wasn't a moment where I just like shat myself in the theater. I understand. I understand. But I still think. Still think it's no, 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 no. It's there's nothing done wrong. Like this movie's gorgeous. Um, maybe, maybe a little bit heavy on the blacks, but that that was original Blade Runner. The lounge, the lounge where the lights going in and out, and like Harrison Ford will like disappear in the lights and like the like that whole crazy lighting show where like the characters are glitching, like Elvis is glitching on stage. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay, okay. And it's Elvis Presley and Marilyn Monroe. I like that too. Yeah, I, I will say I didn't so think Harrison Ford was sequence. the weakest part of this movie, though. For me, just I can understand, I think, but it's 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 just good to see him at least act. You know, like I, I'm just happy he's acting. Yeah, yeah. he's in hot. He's just he's just Harrison Ford and Force Awakens. Yeah, that's you know? so like. Go ahead, Trevor. <laughs> I think they did misrepresent how, I mean, the trailers especially. I mean, I understand why they did. It's like, oh, we got Harrison Ford back. We're doing Blade Runner sequel. He's back. Like, uh, like yeah. they did with, like, Star Wars, again, is a good comparison in that sense, Ben. But, like, he, um, yeah, he doesn't have that much to do. And I feel like that's part of the expectations that we were given for the film is that he would be, you know, I mean. I kind of like more, that, You though. would have it's the bigger role to play. Me that, like, 
or an hour and a half in and no Harrison Ford. You know what I mean? He is- yeah, I had the same thought. Like, I was like, hmm, he hasn't shown up yet. I was, all right. And then, well, I mean, I mean, in that time period, we get the, we get mostly his relationship with the robot, which is, like, clearly the best part of that movie. And, God, it's yeah. so fucking haunting when he sees, like, her giant version at the end. Like, it's just, yeah. and that's my thing, is, like, yeah, Ryan Gosling, yeah. that, I loved it so much better because, like, that was the moment when I was like, I really wanted Vinny, Vinny De, like, Dillanouve to do, like, his own thing, and he does it for most of the movie, and it's good. Good. It's very, very, very good. Um, and that's right. the thing is like Ryan Gosling is like almost a like... separate story from everything else that's happening, and it's good. And and then you like you get through the to the end, and it's like, and you're just like, you're, I'm just sort of like sad that we're like back on the Harrison Ford storyline. Hmm. But he does say, "I like the song." <laughs> we do get to hear him. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> he also had a good line. Where also, he's that like, scene uh, should have. I just like the line where that, he's like, uh... "Is that dog real?" And he goes, "Ask him." Yeah, that's another yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> also, that lounge scene should have carried a seizure warning, probably. Yeah, probably. I, I, that, really? that's probably so? my my anti. Uh, well, I, know, never I, I, I thought it was a little flashy, Ben. I'm not going to agree. I agree that the lighting is really well done. I just like it was too much. A little much. I like it yeah. though. I don't care. I knew that we would have agree. strong disagreements about this, but I'm actually excited that like well, I guess we could do my strong disagreement, which is I'm not a huge fan of the score. I think it's good, but it is just so <laughs> it's not Inception horns. Yeah, so I, I agree with you entirely. There weren't many distinguishable moments in the score. Yeah, there are just, just a lot of moments whenever so hard that like the trailers, particularly for my screening, were just happened to be really quiet. Um, and so I was like, oh, man, like, you know, Blade Runner is probably going to have really good sound and music. Like, I wanted to I hope they turn up the volume. And then the first logo comes up and it literally goes, <laughs> like, it's loud. <laughs> Zimmer okay, note. See, and literally everyone okay, in my see, audience went, that. <laughs> That's like why the volume is turned bad. It's clearly somebody complained thread. at some point. Yeah, right. like you said that in our message thread, and I was like waiting for it. I and like that, that, that first logo came up. I never got it. I was more of just like, okay, I this is the sound is fine for oh, really. It was one of the loudest. All right, all right, everyone, everyone, calm down. Everyone, calm down. All right, Peter, go. <laughs> no, no, I, no. I was just saying, like, he, he, like Ben said that in our message thread, and I was like, okay, waiting for the big sound. Then the logo came up, and I was just like. Am I just half deaf, or like, or or I'm, or or was the sound okay? Was it was it at an okay volume for this for this music? I, I guess I so. Think, I think that the thing with Vangelis is that it's like a very very subtle score for the movie, and it's very very good. And it's for whatever reason, like they're trying really hard to recreate it, um, and well, it just doesn't have huge. the same. Yeah. The 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 problem is that he's a huge fan of Blade Runner. Christopher Nolan's a huge fan of Blade Runner. There's an alternate movie where they did their Blade Runner movie. You know what I mean? And his score comes from the Christopher Nolan Blade Runner movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And it's just like the... And, 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 and Johan Johansson originally, who did all the score for his other films, including Rival, which I think is one of the best scores of the decade, um, he did the score for this originally, and then he was collaborating with Hans Zimmer, and then he was completely replaced by Hans Zimmer. I personally think the Johan Johansson version was probably a lot better and a lot different. I- yeah, and I think I, they wanted I, to make it more like Vangelis on Eleven. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just I, I don't want to I don't want to speculate on that because I probably like I love Hans Zimmer, so like I I don't know I I understand what you're saying. This is like Vangelis via Hans Zimmer, and that is the problem with this soundtrack. At the same time, like I I understand I don't think Vangelis was really recreatable. Do you know what I mean? Like the and like they don't even have no, some of the technology weird. that he used to create the soundtrack. Like people just don't have it. Like they go for like the original stuff that he had was just like goes for like money like extreme money on ebay because they just don't make some of the tech anymore and then they can recreate anything they want to now but i just don't think i think that they wanted to make they didn't want to put in the time to like make it authentic so they were going to use kind of like new production methodologies and i think there's a subtlety that's lost from the original score and in like new production methodologies so i don't i don't i don't necessarily want to say that like I, i don't know from my point of view it's like there's like a loss of technology and capability that's like seen through both the cinematography and the music to me and that's kind of my thought process is just like Hollywood does Blade Runner as best it can in 2017 and that and that's maybe like maybe that's like just like a and maybe that's affecting my opinion of it but at the same time it's very hard for me to like not take that into account uh, of like the things I like like things are a little bit too bright and, and like and, and like and there's a, there's some interesting like color choices and I I, I I liked it but it's not Blade Runner sometimes and I don't understand I don't understand I like I like the intense red choices and that's the thing is like 
I like it in the movie as itself, and I like when the movie's being itself, but when the movie comes back to being Blade Runner, it's always a problem. When Harrison Ford pops up for me, it's a little bit of a problem. When they're trying to do Vangelis so hard, it's a little bit of a problem. Uh, but man, in that first bit, when they're just doing a cool uh, Blade Runner sort of movie with Ryan Gosling, damn if it isn't good, you know? So it sounds like to me you kind of wish that this was just like a another story in the Blade Runner universe that there was no exactly Rachel, there was no Decker. There well, no- I actually thought that the the cyber Rachel thing coming in and him and, the, and him like her eyes are. I thought it was so fucking stupid that it was be, that it was because her eyes were green that that's like he did he recognized it because that's like he used a physical characteristic to define the fact that it wasn't her, which is like to me was like the that's stupidest, <laughs> like destroying <laughs> opposite of what you're going moment. for in that scene. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, right. So the obvious, like, not even like, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. They could have done that in a way where it was like a little more like he knew her. Like she always had a slight curl to her lip or something. Like when she's right, right. Like something, like, something inherent right. to personality that's not specifically a physical characteristic. I'm like, yeah, you had the archives on this and you didn't get the eye color right. Come on, guys. Yeah. Like, yeah, for, <laughs> for, yeah, for, 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 bone. For a man, for a man who, get it? I don't know. And for 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 a man for a man who is like clearly so meticulous in everything that he does and each progression of a replicant that he makes is like that's the one thing yeah. that Wallace messed up on like come on dude yeah, like, yeah you know, he knows uh, but exactly he got her doing. exact hairstyle right which is not shown anywhere in the movie but they couldn't get eye color right <laughs> <laughs> like what kind of genetics are these <laughs> brilliant yeah, it, I had a yeah, I had a like, sorry go on Peter. No, I was just—I was just gonna say, not—not not, not only what, not only was this Rachel wannabe replicant taken out, but there are at least five people who worked on this rep, who worked in this mod, replicant model, who were who, who were not who were not just fired; they're dead. Oh yeah, clearly, <laughs> clearly, like that's like that just is like their hiring protocols is just murder, <laughs> like. <laughs> and it's yeah. like them like some killing people who, some like, people who work there like, and I, I was like there's like zero repercussions for them killing the chief of police and I'm like oh my god guys <laughs> this lady just walked may into I the station my, uh, <laughs> may I yeah. give my deep reading on the Rachel sequence yeah go to town was that I thought it was an interesting take on digital de-aging in general which I thought was kind of interesting that they have this digitally de-aged Rachel come in and she looks fantastic it's some of the best digital de-aging I've seen uh, yet Minus the green eyes, obviously. Um, and here's old Harrison Ford, who's naturally his old age. And here's like Sean Young looking exactly like she did in 1982. And it kind of goes to the entire theme of like, what can you believe is reality? What says that Sean Young in Blade Runner photographed in 1982 is a reality? It is just a photograph of something that existed at one time. And this is a recreation of something that existed in one time. And so I thought it was just kind of an interesting little bit of uh, I don't think it purposely, but it kind of read it as a, a sort of yeah. meta commentary on that in general. And this would be where I think that this film gets successful as the most successful for me is that when they embrace kind of some of the arcan. arcan- iconography of Blade Runner there's so much to interpret and that's specifically what I liked about this movie is that there's like it doesn't really matter every time you know he has a strong authorial hand which is probably my biggest issue with Dennis Villeneuve taking over Blade Runner is that I feel like it it kind of like not to be insulting to Ridley Scott I think it's it was to his benefit but he has a kind of a weak authorial hand I mean he actually has a Man, this is a, it's complicated. I complicated fast, but in terms of Blade Runner, it has a very weak authorial hand, and I think that's the difference. But I think in this concept, because they played with the iconography in so much ways, there's so many moments in this film that you can kind of pick apart with like mechanics on like the horse stuff, or like the way that you know she's in that bubble, or like a lot of different like choices like that, where you can start to pick apart the bigger uh, meaning of like what's happening, or like you know the point of like you know human connection through other humans with the joy scene and the sex scene and I think there's a lot of like really really good choices in terms of how they set stuff up or like the tree the dead tree and like the flower at the base or, or like you know and, or like the garlic in the bowl they make like a lot of like choices that are ha- that you can interpret and lift from just like the original Blade Runner choices that obviously weren't always intentional but like you're reading at this point and I think that's where this movie is starting to approach Blade Runner is that there's there's a there's a there's a fertile ground for unauthorial interpretation um not as much as the original Blade Runner and that's because that's I think that's like the I think that's like the gold standard of that and I think that's why I like Blade Runner uh but I think this is something interesting which is to say that it's both authorial and also has the ability to 
drive your own interpret interpretation of the movie, which is, I think, the best, can, most successful thing of this. Can we talk about some of those ambiguous points then? Because I really need some help with a couple of things. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I guess there are two specific motifs I really want to talk about. One of which is the presence of water in the film and how it has to. I don't know what it's framing, but <clears throat> all of the uh, Wallace. It's Wallace, right? I can't remember what the yeah. actual... Yeah. All, with the water effect in their offices, right? And then Wallace has a line, something like, um, with like a fish or something amphibious in his in his uh, office. is like, that one always jumps, but he'll never... I don't know. I don't think he would ever know what to do if he actually made it to land. And then the final climatic, climactic sequence of the film where um, K defeats Love is by drowning her and that and water plays the, the the role of like the threat in that final in that final action scene is like the the choice of tension i was just wondering is there anything we can make of that like it's clear, it yeah, seems clearly uh, like a present well, motif and i don't know what it actually meant pulling from the first movie water is baptism like roy uh you know yeah. gets <clears throat> baptized in the rain tears in the rain uh, and, and that is maybe a, on a different take of it. They're like drowning in the weight of human life. I think the whole point of my, my speech before this, Trevor, is that you can take what you want and that's the point. Um, I know, I know that's fine, <laughs> but like, it's so ambiguous that I can't, I don't actually tie it to anything in the no, film, but, which is kind of my, my problem. Is that it's so Blade ambiguous. That's the piece's strength. And that's, then that's just, I think a fundamental disagreement. And I think that's yeah, like, you, you I think, that, you, I think you're, that's you're, where it doesn't work for me as much. I know, like you want it to be more Back to the Future. Like, what's the scale of like ambigu- ambiguity <laughs> right. to like total control? Yeah. Is Blade Runner the Back to the Future? On That's the scale, new scale of Blade for Runner TSM. to Back to the Future. I want it to be more Back to How the Future. How ambiguous is it? <laughs> oh my God, I want, I want hoverboards, dude. What kind, what kind of critics are we? I want hoverboards and self tying shoes. <laughs> Blade to the runner. okay, fine. Uh, what about what about the the eroticism in the movie? What about the the kissy statues what about the um <laughs> what about the fact that um Jared Leto's character like kisses the replicant that he creates like as it's dying what about the fact that love later love imitates that gesture as, as when they she, kill it's clearly yeah. like it's clearly synonymous with like there's a whole point is that they're playing with kind of birth <laughs> sex life yeah uh, and, and that's the thing. It's like I, I'm not, and this is the other thing. It's like I don't, I'm yeah, not sure what this movie th- means. I like I really want to find the best analysis. See, that's online. all I needed to hear you say. That, that no, makes no, no, me no, feel no, no. I, I, I know I don't have it figured out in my head, but the fact is, is that I think this movie is one that deserves to be dug into, and that for me makes it a good movie. Like it makes <laughs> yeah. it at least well, worth a, the entrance fee. And there's a lot of like, in particular, people have noted that there's like a lot of of violence against women on the movie, and I think it's intentional. I think there is just a oh, lot yeah. of of men dominating women until ultimately a man has to talk to his daughter across from a wall that he can never like enter essentially. You know what I mean? Like, I think there is something powerful about the fact that it ends with a, uh, a guy dying alone uh, in the cold snow. And then uh, another man seeing his daughter, you know, that he can never see who's never known him and has sort of created an entire but did he die? For himself. And there's like a lot of things in yeah. general of just like, Doing with a day. Oh, he's dead. He, he died. He's, he's, <laughs> he's fucking dead. She uh, just from like a. I, I mean, I'm not. This is a drive. Up on my dead. replicant biology. <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> um, but I just uh, want to ask the question just for the hell of it. Yeah, in particular, it's sort of the idea that like you know if you're, you know, in such a, it's such a harsh universe that like uh, that that sort of everybody plays their part, you know, and that everybody has their sort of purpose. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, uh, Harrison Ford has an interesting line where he says, you know sometimes in order to save someone you have to be a stranger to them you know that the, this is a world of sacrifice and this is a world where like you know if you're not playing your part you're not worthy you know what i mean and it's about people sort of breaking away from that and being sort of taken down from it like joy breaks away from being just you know the, the helpful servant who can stay in her house and just you know never be challenged she, she takes the risk of being put inside this device and she gets killed essentially uh, because of that uh you know k doesn't stay on baseline where he just kills things and goes home and does it and eventually sort of you know he dies from it but you know it's all to lead up to you know a uh, a a father who'd given up ever seeing his daughter again seeing his daughter again you know what i mean i think it's like I, breaking that sort of cycle of yeah. abuse and that sort I of think, domination of women and i think there is like a there is like a subtle 
somewhat sort of like the idea of men dominating women throughout the movie that like you know jared leto sees this replicant and this this really mm-hmm. horrifying scene that's done very well i think where he realizes mm-hmm. she doesn't have a womb still and so he just cuts her from her womb because mm-hmm. she's useless to him you know at that point mm-hmm. you know because that's all he wants out of her right yeah that's, that's which a, is literally objectification of women on the basis of like the most physically woman aspect like it's well okay right. yeah exactly. that didn't make any sense to me though why does he need it didn't make any sense to me why the child is valuable to the wallace corporation because why they can they then they can have replicants they can have babies and they can make billions of replicants well why can't they do that already like i guess they, they, they didn't have the material he has to have a whole thing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like there was, a, there was a speech yeah, I, yeah, I don't i don't i don't agree with that I being a, like an issue ever <laughs> I didn't no. follow that speech or hear it very well. I guess basically, yeah, basically okay, it's just tra- like okay, the Trevor, idea that okay, like Trevor, basically it's, hold on, hold Trevor, on. Basically, it, it, it's re- it's revealed that Rachel was like super experimental replicant that Tyrell made in Blade Blade Runner in the in Blade Runner, which is why she was able to give birth to a child. Wallace is trying to recreate. Wallace is trying to recreate that 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 that, that whole thing. Be, uh, for, for the sake of like making more replicants to ensure hum- ensure humanity's survival both on Earth and on and, and on and on their colonies, but he can't do that because he doesn't know what the hell Tyrell did, which is why Love goes to steal uh, Rachel's skeleton and then blah 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 blah. I guess I just don't buy it. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't. I don't care. I don't. I, I, I love you, Trevor. I know that you hate Blade Runner, but like, well, that's, no, that's okay. I don't, I don't, hey, okay, like this is this is like yeah, this is my disconnect here. Is like it's not hard sci-fi. Blade Runner is more romantic than it is. Hard hard sci-fi and i think that's just a misunderstanding about the franchise as a whole blade runner 2049 is pretty hard sci-fi for me uh, is is is, yeah. is the distinction here i agree with you on blade runner i do not agree with you on blade runner 2049 i feel like all right what about specifically legit, the replicants we get a the legit thing. csi scene in this movie which is sort of interesting yeah right well what about what about the the the, the fact that K turns out to be like an engineered red herring because that ever is fully explained why that happened. Why it was him? That was good. And I'll how give you that, that works. That was good. That was so good, Trevor. I loved it. Engineered red herring. That was that was literally high five. Um, literally, yeah. I'll take was, it. That was good. good. Uh, I'll take it. But but the whole answer my question though, damn it. No, I think what's wrong with movie. a red yeah. what's wrong with a red herring? Like that's I, I don't I don't think it's the best done element of this movie. But it's not, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing that's outside the realm of sci-fi or genre that defines just, red herrings as one or the other. No, no, it just breaks the it just breaks the 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 emotional connection to the movie for me because I don't understand no. why it was I, I don't understand no, and why it was anything, him. It saves I understand the emotional like, connection to the movie because it's it gets rid of this whole child of destiny plotline and destroys no, no, it for no, anything. No, no, no. I'm not saying I don't like me. the twist. I just don't like that it's it, it's not explained. It's not ever explained. Like why him? Well, I heard, why? I heard how good, did they like? I heard a good theory on it that basically she accidentally did it. That, you know, she keeps saying you can't right. put in your own memories, but she has such a powerful traumatic memory of this that she just accidentally put it in Ryan Gosling eventually. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't sort of, I don't think, you know, maybe there'll be an eventual thing of like, uh, they purposely set up Kate. I think it was all just accident. I, I, I do as so well. So it wasn't supposed to happen. And, and she created her own she destiny She accidentally by put accident. her own... Right, exactly. Uh, okay. It's a great point. It's self Well, that's a very life. elegant interpretation, and, and she, I wish I could have walked out of the theater with that, but I don't feel no, like No, she says sorry. Part. Like she has guilt and she and she cries. I think I think that reading is is pretty clearly yeah, there. And maybe the that's the difference, Trevor. Yeah, I, I don't know. Scene. And that's the thing is like I, I go into Blade Runner looking for that connection and meeting. Maybe that's a fault on my part, but at the same time, like, you know, I, that's the strength of this movie that like I felt like I was trying to make connections and the movie was rewarding that interpretation of events. Mm. I was just confused. I was, I was <laughs> never I was never gonna be upset. Well, I mean was well, so was I when I walked away from this movie. And then I thought about it and that's and that's and I unraveled it like an onion. And that's that's the strength of both these movies to the T that other movies just don't do. Mm. Like it if it doesn't make all it's like Dark Souls. Like it doesn't give you all the information. It gives you sixty percent of the information and then begs you to fill in the parts. And if it's done well, which I think Blade Runner is the is the master of this and and this is pretty good, um, the whole point is that you do fill in the gaps and, and it leads you on kind of your own investigation of plot lines through the movie. And that's, and I understand that that's like a culture, that's like a very, very like personal choice on my part. And I agree. That's like a personal choice. Like we'll have different scores and it'll balance out. Um, somehow we both ended up on the opposite section of this movie again. I don't know. I feel like Ben was wrong. Ben, did you, did you have Trevor as higher than me? I did. 
did. Damn. Okay. So, all right. Uh, like I said, um, I, I still think that I still think like I agree with you in terms of that. I, I do. I don't think this movie is confusing is what I'm saying. Like the basic plot line is there to drive you through to the end. And there's always like a basic grasp of what's happening. And then it's just like the yeah. motivations that you have to parse out. And that's, that's why I like, I would like counter to like, you're saying that it's mechanically confusing. I very much so disagree with that well, because they're no, always like, good at driving the action forward with a, with a basic plot line. But why people are doing things is always very obscured. Okay. I guess. Yeah, no. And I, and I, I see definitely that it's, uh, like part of my point, my point, my takeaway from it is that like I think it is less ambiguous than the original, and that makes it like easier to watch in a in a way. But like, oh yeah, I guess that's the point. Partially, I think easier, I just easier to watch, less brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess it. I don't know. I guess when. I guess maybe I feel differently about a film that I feel like is intentionally hiding something from me versus leaving information no, out. And clearly, I like that's the disagreement. And that's one we can have. That's I feel like yeah, we're not into the yeah. realm of scores. We're in the realm of taste. And that's the thing. Is yeah. I don't think you're no, I'm wrong. Just, I'm just figuring that like, out. I'm not, don't, like, don't I, take see, this, I see what you mean. Yeah, I don't take this personal. Like My taste is Blade Runner. If somebody doesn't like Blade Runner, I've never taken that personally because I have this not like relationship with it and my interpretation. And that's the thing is like, you know, we're, we, you know, we're obviously we're a podcast that scores movies, but at some point in nines and tens and ones and twos, it gets fucking stupid because it's a matter mm-hmm. of taste. And that's and that's no, exactly. On the worst end of the spectrum and on the best end of the spectrum, I think that's this. And I think you won't disagree that you'll give it, but I, you know, if you're giving them like a five, I don't know what I'm going to do with you, but um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just teasing. No now. pressure. No pressure. Um, you give it what you want. I'm sorry. I understand it's not to your taste, but at the same time, like this movie is very strongly to my taste. And that's the thing is like, I can accept a non-authorial movie. I enjoyed movie. watching it. I, un- I enjoyed watching it. And I think... I just lapsed into this like fugue state afterwards where I was like, I need a fucking drink. Like, I don't understand what happened yet. And I just never, like, I knew I was going to need to talk to you guys before I like figured it out. And I just couldn't get there on my own. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't either have the motivation to like figure it out or I just didn't. I don't know. But like, yeah, I feel I, like, I feel like it's funny too because I feel like my, I like didn't know what I was going to score it going into this, but like defending it and talking it through myself has like crystallized my own. Like I wouldn't have even said I liked this movie before we started talking about it, but like I like it. I think like no, 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 it actually like, is. I, I what's going to piss you off is I'm going to be like I I like it better than the original in a certain way, but it also makes me appreciate the original more in another way. You know, like want to go back and see it more. It's good. It's it's just no way that it's not gonna. It's not gonna. That's gonna sound okay. <laughs> Should we just do scores? We're like here. <laughs> Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. We did. Let's let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and start with you, Peter. Yeah, because I apologize. But I've been like the most quiet. In, no, 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 this, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're like, I like, I, I, I feel bad because it's like you know, the other day, like you know, me and me and like, because me and P- B- Trevor have been accused and like accused of like blocking people out before on like Twitter and stuff, and I feel bad, but like I gotta talk about Blade Runner, guys. I'm sorry. No, it's <laughs> like, fine. No, because because uh, for me, my score I think is probably out of the three of you. Well, actually, most definitely out of the four of us, the most raw. And like, kind of unaffected in a sense because because I had never seen Blade, the original Blade Runner until literally the night before I went to see Blade Runner twenty forty nine the next morning. Oh, like, so there was would not quite do that. literally. Huh? <laughs> I can't. Like, yeah, no. I I like, thought about it, rewatching yeah. it beforehand. I was like, nah, that's just too much. That's too much Blade Runner. <laughs> it's yeah, like rewatching so like, Chinatown. Like, Fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah. there was literally less than 15 hours between the viewing of these two films and the, and then and then and then also the three like like also the three short stories that were made black the blackout 2022 uh the, the 20 the 2036 20, and then the 2048 um god where was i going with this um i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure that like my view my view would change if i knew the original play runner better if I had more time to like spend with it to like kind of break it open and see like what does this all mean? Um, so I guess for Blade Runner twenty forty nine, I'm coming at it. I'm coming at it more from just totally new, 
more sci-fi fan rather like instead of like no instead of like knowing the ins and outs of neo noir like like so for for this movie i appreciated it i appreciated it for its sci-fi elements for its cyberpunk elements i liked i i, I liked how beautiful it looked i liked the care i like the character interactions and so i mean i i, I enjoy i definitely enjoyed this movie um will i have to go will i have to go back and like review like 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 i'm a, like i'm a college student again the uh, Blade Runner from 1982 to like you know, to write a book report. Yes, I most definitely will because mm-hmm. there are aspects of that film that I do not understand. Um, but the, but but the, but this movie for but this movie for what it is for me for me being someone who's very new to I get new to this kind of I guess you could say fandom. It was a good film for me, so uh, I'm giving it a seven out of ten. Uh, next up is uh, let's. let's just, I don't want to set up some. Uh, uh, flip a coin, Trevor. Go next. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, but there's like one other thing I want to talk about because it's going to affect my opinion. Um, what? It, why is Harrison Ford able to live in the radiation zone? <laughs> yeah, I was wondering that too. And I, I, told- was, I thought that they kept him replicant. being a replicant still a mystery which is kind of surprising um they still left it ambiguous which is kind of crazy um but that feels like the most likely answer is that he's a replicant. okay that's kind of what i was thinking too no i i think i think he's a replicant if they if they had answered the question that like that ruins the first movie and that's and that's <laughs> like i i appreciate that and i appreciate that as like a crappy decision that dennis villeneuve had to deal with and that's yeah and, and it hurts his storyline and i agree with that again uh but again i just i still think it's the weakest part of that but uh go ahead go ahead trevor but then Sorry, the real man. question is how can the bees live there bees <laughs> live on the normal world i know <laughs> Lazy well, we don't bees. know if they're even real bees that's true that's why i like that sequence because it was like <laughs> bees or this like famously i did because bees are like these famously <laughs> fragile things that were all like the bees are dying and Robot so it's weird to see bees, bees. <laughs> robot killer bees <laughs> There's a whole Black Mirror episode about killer bees, robot bees. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna Trevor. give it. Thank you, thank you. I I, needed, I actually needed just to stall a little bit. By, yeah, by, no by worries. We're here for you. <laughs> um, I I think I'm gonna give it a six point five. Um, I think part of like. Because I enjoyed the AI subplot, like you were saying, enough to like for it to elevate it to seven for me, just in terms of like my emotional investment in the movie was there enough. I think what prevents me from giving it a solid seven is like the way the Wallace Corporation works. I did not like Jared Leto. He's basically doing like I am God, kind of like Tyrell did, except he's not as like adore. He's not as like adorably um, just like out of touch as Tyrone is like well, bad Roman shit. <laughs> like, um, which not that I love Tyrell's character in the first one either that much, but like I just don't think it works for me in this one as much. I, it, Jared Leto probably doesn't help either, but I didn't particularly like Love's character either. I just didn't. I feel like I was, I don't know. Like maybe I just need to watch it again. Maybe I'm just missing it. But like the. The biggest moment she had was like, I'm the best one, whatever, whenever she beats Kay. And it's like, that's her complex is because like, it's a daddy issue type thing. She's like the right. Uh, I I disagree with that interpretation. Sorry. 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 My bad. You're right. My bad. My bad. No, no, it's cool. It's cool. Like, I actually want to hear like your, your take on it. It's probably not going to change my mind because I didn't like Jared Leto's character enough to still leave it that way. But, uh, so this is, kind of a terrible interpretation of it but like i always interpret it sort of like like samuel L. jackson's character in django unchained like i didn't want to say like yeah. the, the, like the house yeah. in word yeah. but yes saying. that's exactly what i thought of like with her as mm. a replicant um yeah and that was that was my interpretation is that like you know she needs to make it work for her own like life to make sense and for her power uh, it's yeah hmm. that's a that's an outside interpretation though i wouldn't say that that would be like my final like yeah okay 
Rutgers, Rutgers Howard is a, a hard act to follow. I'll, I guess I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Um, and just for the record, Trevor scored Logan Lucky better. He scored, <laughs> uh, let's go through. He scored Mother better. Oh, my shit. Yeah, so Mother is that. better than Blade Runner 2049. Proud of that. Um, yep. He scored, <laughs> Kingsman is still half of that score. <laughs> <laughs> better than oh kingsman that's that's all it is I, I i have it going through so yeah uh yeah big six better 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 um, than the original blade runner don't don't yeah, forget that, that one, one. <laughs> we know that one. yeah we do know that one we were we were aware of that one sorry all right i won't do this to anyone ever but you i promise uh peter and ben it just, oh, I it'll just be blade runner movies <laughs> <laughs> and, and seeing how the box office is, we won't get another Blade Runner movie for another 30 years. I know, years, that's so it's really up. sad. It's really sad. Uh, ben, Ben, you're up. Well, everyone fucked up my scores, I guess, for them. I did not <laughs> think I was going to be... I thought I was going to be the second lowest, and now I might be the well, highest. Well, well, what the well, fuck well, is wrong well, with well. you people? God damn it. I especially didn't expect that from Peter. Really? Why, why yeah. are you making me sound like the big gushy fanboy? Jesus Christ. I, I know. Right. I, I feel bad, I, man. I was like, I was going to come in. I was going to be so like semantic about what I didn't like about Roger Deacon. And now I like have the highest score probably. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I guess, I guess for, I guess for me, it's just, it's just because it's like, like we, we were talking, we were talking after I saw that, after I saw that and I messaged you, like, like I definitely did enjoy it. It's just that, it's just that I realized that there are, so many elements of Blade Runner and Blade Runner, Blade Runner, Blade Runner, and then kind of by proxy, twenty forty nine that I don't fully get. That I don't want to like totally give myself to it. I would rather like, you know, take some time to review. That's fair. That's fair. I don't take time to review. I feel goddamn it. Eight out of ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was close to giving it that. I really was. I really was close to giving it that. Uh, I, I was really impressed by this film. It's uh. Weird. It's weird that they made this movie, and it's weird that it's as good as it is. <laughs> but it's also weird yep. that it's like as approachable as it is. Even though obviously there's lots of things to be confused about. It is a Blade Runner movie, but there is like a core central concept. I do agree with Jack that I think the closer it gets to the bigger themes, the more it becomes a movie that's like about revolutionaries. That whole sequence, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, no. that, like, you could, yeah. like we said, thankfully that one choice saved a lot of that element, but. Uh, but 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 again, like the best stuff for me is like the joy and K stuff. But it's that stuff that is so fucking good. It is just magic. Like I I, I missed sci-fi movies that take time to be magical, and this is a movie that does. This is a movie that takes time to have a sequence that is not important to the plot. I mean, like other than the prostitute has to be there to like put the chip in him, but like she could have done that on the sidewalk. You know, they, they didn't have to have an elaborate, very expensive, very well choreographed, like sex cyber scene. sex scene. You know? <laughs> but did they? They didn't need to have that. <laughs> because it, and it's beautiful and it's elegant and it's interesting and it has those moments and it gets closer to the kind of sci-fi I miss. I love me some big epic sci-fi, but I love movies like this that take a chance and have a world and have details that live in that world. And it's just, production design porn and it is cinematography porn and it is sound editing porn and i love that um so for all the faults that i have with like the, the, the bigger epic storyline that it that that gets kind of weak and as i agree like the more time we spend harrison ford the less interesting i think it gets um it, it just very moved me it moved me a lot and it's just a very impressive film it's not the masterpiece i still think arrivals is best film but even that's not his masterpiece. I want his masterpiece. I want to see the movie other people see. One day, Denny. One day, you and I will just well I'll fall in love with your movie. I know it'll happen, but it's not this one. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I try every time. Um, but uh, uh, I would at the very least say that it's like a film I think I'm going to see in the theater just because it is. It's 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 a special film, and they give it a, a slightly special rating. So eight out of ten. Yeah, I I didn't expect to be here um, at the start of it. I didn't um, either. As you see, I wrote you six out of five. Six oh fuck! <laughs> I put Dude. Trevor eight point five, and I put Peter at a nine. Oh, I, I have to. Oh I don't. God. I'm starting. This was one of those movies where I was very upset we weren't talking about it, and I appreciate that we have this nice nice reveal. But at the same time, like I really wanted to talk to somebody right after I saw this. <laughs> like that was. <laughs> I like called asked Trevor. I called him within two minutes of getting out of the movie, and was like, I need to talk yeah. to you. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, and that was and that was like and that was like I guess that was like the the other thing that's like transcendent about these movies for me is that experience as well as like the co experience of that and that's like it's just it's not necessary this is one of, the, one of those weird moments where I'm like yeah this isn't a good movie it's good art and that's and that's the difference for me is that like you know mm. what do we say like is, is like is like a P- Pablo Picasso or like you know is a good oh my god I'm gonna get super fucking pretentious here you sound um, you sound so up your ass right now I know I know it's like <laughs> 1995 Chateau Margot it's a work of art um yeah it's okay you're not as bad as Jaden Smith and Neo Yokio yeah, it's okay. But but like I guess like the whole point is is that, you know, it's it's the secondary experience of that that also affects the art and is important to the art. And that's the difference with like Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049 here is that the act of talking after the fact with people and like exploring what it meant was better than any Avengers movie I'll ever go to and just like that's it, that's the movie. It's like, wasn't that cool? Yeah, that was cool. Wasn't this cool? What is cool? This was what did it mean? Here's a logical explanation and exploration. Like now let's go through an actual conversation that's an actual movie conversation that this thing created for me and that's the difference between it and a pretty good movie this is a great movie uh so i give it a nine out of ten not as good as blade runner blade runner is a 10 this is still pretty fucking good awesome all right wow that wow. comes out to exactly a 7.625 which is technically rounded up to an eight y'all do y'all want to check that math <laughs> no. I'll round down to five if you that's want about me what to. I expected. It's okay. Uh, all right, we <laughs> we get Blade Runner a seven point five out of ten. <laughs> so depressing to me, and, uh, and it's funny too. It's only in the top end that it like really matters to me. I'm, I'm so sorry. Just round um, it up, man. Just do it. All right, cool. Do it's it. Cool. It makes me feel better if that's like. <laughs> Y'all are like worried about me. I'm like, I'm so sad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you guys for doing this. This was this was pretty. This is probably one of my favorite um, movie gang podcast discussions that I've had in forever, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, so we should watch more art house oh. films uh, or just sci fi movies that I can confuse as art house films, as some people will say. Uh, <laughs> but for everyone on the movie gang podcast, this has been Ben Haworth. Right, so this is my Blade Runner 2049 in five seconds. You ready? <clears throat> I'm ready. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. All right. What is real? There's like one shot where she's like, Getting up for a desk, and she, like literally, shows just her like getting up and walking, and it's like, when I go to like the bathroom or something, like I have no, to go, <laughs> go get milk. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like the drum, the drum kit is in time with the poop. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right, thank you for indulging me. This has been Peter Dancy. I, I, I'm pretty sure I'll come back to this movie. Being, I'm pretty sure I'll come back to this movie and give it a higher score. But for now, I'm good. Okay. Y'all, y'all take me like way too personal. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I seriously don't care. Like, I know I give people crap, and I'll give Trevor. No, crap I'm, I'm talking about just myself. I, I'm talking I, about just myself personally. I truly it don't care. I'm sorry if I make anyone feel like they need to give a movie a specific score. That's never my. I intention. need to feel this movie. God, <laughs> if you just feel it, it must be good. You're dead inside. Your feelings aren't strong enough. <laughs> Does it feel real to you? Because I don't know if anything in this movie is real. <laughs> Why don't you look at me in the eyes when I talk to you about Blade Runner? <laughs> oh, this is okay. finally been be- speaking of Trevor Flynn. <laughs> Bye, everybody. It's been it's been real. <laughs> oh, Trevor, you're knocking it out of the fucking park tonight. <laughs> we lost our minds. At the end. Oh I didn't God. mean to do it. Right. I didn't mean it. From everyone here at the Movie Gang Podcast, thanks for listening. <laughs>